Welcome to the Clovis North Podcast Club. Today, we have an overview of recent scientific innovations, from microscopic gene editing to the vastness of outer space. First, we'll begin with bioengineered photosynthesis. In the push for organic food, we've all been warned away from GMOs or genetically modified organisms at some point. But the truth is that in modern times, everything is bioengineered. Scientific innovation has expanded the limits of alteration from physical characteristics to the very core of the process that sustains life, photosynthesis. And for the first time ever, it's been proven that multi-gene bioengineering of photosynthesis does improve crop yields. This research took place at the University of Illinois as a part of the Realizing Increased Photosynthetic Efficiency Project an international project aiming to increase global food production. This feat manipulated the VPZ construct, three genes that controlled the production of xanthophyll, a hormone protecting plant from excess heat. While plants are in full sunlight, xanthophyll activates processes that dissipate excess energy. Of course, you don't need to do this when it's shady. The issue comes in when you're transitioning between shade and sunlight because it takes several minutes for that photo protection to switch off. Consequently, valuable time and organic sugar are lost in the, in the duration that photosynthesis does not take place. Photosynthesis is the process that sustains life, but more often than not, it's highly inefficient. It has over a hundred steps and two distinct cellular mechanisms both with and without light. Researchers at RIPE have been working for over a decade to improve the efficiency of photosynthesis. And finally, they were able to. By overexpressing the genes related to photoprotection, scientists were able to speed up the process of switching off this process. In essence, as more leaves transitioned, photosynthesis sped up as a part of the positive feedback cycle. A few minutes without photosynthesis doesn't seem like a big deal, but when added up, the overall photosynthetic rate is greatly impacted. It's remarkable that overexpressing one gene cluster increased the yield by greater than 20% with no impact whatsoever on seed quality. This could be explained by the extra energy being diverted to nitrogen fixation, ensuring that the amount of protein in seeds was equal. The protocol was first tested in tobacco plants, as tobacco plant genes are easier to transform and produce more seeds. But food crops are more difficult because they require a year or more for planting and harvesting. However, the fact that bioengineered photos succeeded in two vastly different crops suggests that this innovation is widely applicable though more testing is of course needed to ensure its efficacy across different climates and environments. For, for these scientists decades worth of work, it's, it's commendable that they identified one key gene modification that increases yield simply by adding minutes to the process of photosynthesis. Beyond the scientific achievement, the implications of this innovation are staggering. Nearly 10% of the world's population faces food insecurity. According to the UN, by 2030, more than 660 million people are predicted to face food scarcity. Most agree that the cause is clear. 
insufficient food supply chains, and harsher environmental conditions. Climate change has a large impact on agriculture. It worsens droughts, increases flooding, and contributes to high temperatures, none of which is good for agriculture. Simply put, bioengineering photosynthesis could save lives. Yes, one successful field test is only scratching the surface, but we can't deny that this development holds promise. Regardless, there are limitations. Bioengineering on a large scale is costly, and promoting this technology in developing nations would require a great deal of investment and infrastructural development. A couple of extra minutes of photosynthesis can make a difference. In impoverished areas, this discovery can change lives for smallholder farmers. With appropriate investment and development, this project has the potential to pave the way for a revolution in agriculture. Now that's something to think of. Our next issue is virtual reality in medicine. The modern allopathic medical system has a tendency to believe that every solution is strictly biological. Just one more medicine or infusion can fix nearly any ailment. In the process, we forget the power of the mind in healing. The mind can make the body sick and the body correspondingly affects the mind. Every day, there are new frontiers in medicine that utilize both the body and the mind. One treatment that could have a serious impact on everything from pain to mental health is virtual reality. Quite simply, virtual reality takes advantage of our brain's inability to be in two places at once. Theoretically, we know we're not on a beach or walking in a forest, but for a brief time, we can be convinced that we're in another world. A suspension of disbelief, if you will. This emerging technology has use in several areas, starting from distraction and extending to training and skills and simulating therapy. Even five minutes on a headset flying around earth and walking in the mountains can change lives. It offers people the possibility of self-transcendence and they may not only have a better perspective of their pain, but also feel awe at the magic of the world we live in. And it's only getting better possibly incorporating smell in the future. Rachel Hertz at Brown University and others have done research evaluating the possibility of creating more complex soundscapes and smells to make the experience feel more real. But why does this work? It's not quite sure, but it's hypothesized that VR is just another form of distraction. It acts on the pain gate theory that there's a neurological gate in our spinal cord that decides whether pain signals from the body will be allowed to travel up to the brain or not. And VR, by being a significantly distracting amount of information, does close that pain gate, at least temporarily. And it could even change the, the, the way our brain looks, which is pretty amazing. The role of this new technology could change the way we, we view healthcare for the better. Not every condition requires medication, and training the mind can be equally or more effective in many cases. This is especially relevant for pain management in an area of increasing opioid use. Opioid overdoses are a national crisis, 
largely due in part to the fact that 20% of Americans have some type of chronic pain. Further, NSAIDs, like aspirin, can cause stomach ulcers and worsen inflammatory conditions, necessitating the use of non-pharmaceutical interventions for chronic pain. Virtual reality is one of the interventions that is making a mark on chronic pain. In regard to chronic pain, VR is a tool not only to uplift people and to teach them pain, but to teach them pain self-management. The program Relief VR incorporates VR and cognitive behavioral therapy to provide mechanisms for patients to psychologically reduce their pain, such as breathing exercises, meditation, interactive games, and relaxing nature escapes. But the potential is endless. VR need not be a last-ditch effort to control pain but a simple and effective part of hospital operations and daily life. The distraction and meditation facilitated by the headset could significantly lower anxiety and teach people the skills for self-management and mental health. It's been proven effective in pre-operation procedures, including childbirth, rehab, and education. Melissa Wong found that it significantly increases, that it significantly decreases labor pain and increases maternal satisfaction. And other studies have found that, is that, that it has a similar effect in other gynecological procedures. At the Stanford Chariot Program, doctors are using VR to ease anxiety for children before operations. Outside of medicine, it's been shown to improve the judgment of juries in a courtroom by permitting them to see the crime scenes from a more objective lens rather than based on biased descriptions during the trial. Another software, Florio VR, uses a headset to teach social skills to children with autism. The implications of virtual reality are incredibly powerful, giving us a new way to not only see ourselves, but the world around us. At its core, technology works by letting people get out of their heads. It takes advantage of people's natural tendencies to weave stories about the world they live in. Virtual reality brings people back into medicine, and for that alone, it is invaluable. That's not to say VR doesn't have its pitfalls. For example, roughly 5% of users experience cyber sickness, causing nausea or sweating while using VR or other, scheme, other screens. A study done by Case Denny explored the reasons that women are more likely to have cyber sickness, discovering that headsets are just not designed to accommodate the distance of their pupils from the headset. Moreover, VR has limited accessibility for those who have visual disorders, are hard of hearing, or have injuries that prevent them from wearing a headset. It's true that these are reasonably large limitations. However, VR is an emerging industry, and with further innovation, medical VR can only become more accessible. Outside of these, like any treatment, response varies. This depends on your natural tendency to be transported into another reality. During studies, this is tested using the immersive tendencies questionnaire. The higher your score on this questionnaire, the more likely VR is to be effective. Pain is a necessary biological process, but when the cycle of pain is disrupted, it has a serious impact on the quality of life. Virtual reality is a promising method to alleviate chronic pain, but its impact could be far wider. For patients, it's an opportunity to temporarily escape the hospital and feel at peace. 
This technology connects the mind and the body unforeseen ways. Frontiers for healing with virtual reality have great potential for the future of medicine. Imagine putting on a headset and feeling free. And that's certainly an innovation to keep in mind. Now let's go to something that certainly sounds like virtual reality, but isn't. The NASA asteroid redirection. Common arguments against space research claim that the trillions spent on failed rocketry retract from efforts to defeat poverty and combat social issues. Every now and then, though, the feats of space exploration defy human expectations and the frontier of possibility. The latest example of this is NASA's asteroid redirection. NASA's double asteroid redirection test, the first ever planetary defense test, succeeded in impacting the asteroid Dimorphos after 10 months in space. Dimorphos is a small moon, just 530 feet wide, that orbits a 2,560-foot-wide asteroid called Didymos. The experiment utilized a technique called kinetic impact, employing intentional collisions for deflection. The next step will be taken by the European Space Agency to survey the crater left on Dimorphos and to calculate the precise mass of the asteroid, critical for determining the efficiency of the impact. Astoundingly, the collision even reduced the orbital period of the asteroid by 32 minutes. The investigation team will now observe Dimorphos using ground-based telescopes to confirm that DART's impact altered the asteroid's orbit around Didymos. They expected to shorten by about 1% for roughly 10 minutes. One of the primary purposes of the full-scale test is to precisely measure how much the asteroid was deflected. To understand the magnitude of this achievement, it must be clarified that 560 feet is merely half the length of the Eiffel Tower, a mere speck of dust in the vast continuum of space. On, on one level, this required a great level deal of experimentation and innovation, yet there are wider implications. Asteroids are a major existential threat, as shown by previous asteroid collisions. It can seem outlandish, but it never hurts to be prepared. The last asteroid collision killed off 75% of the species on Earth, and triggered one of the planet's five great extinction events, while the chances are microscopically minuscule. Even smaller asteroids can cause a significant amount of damage. In 1908, a meteor exploded near Siberia, flattening trees for over 830 miles. Thank goodness it was Siberia, not a dense urban area like Los Angeles. And this meteor was only 100 feet in diameter. The collision of the comet Shoemaker-Levy 9 with Jupiter managed to make a visible dent in the planet. The mission is tied to the success of NASA's efforts regarding planetary surveillance. The Near Earth Objects Program has, has detected 95% of these objects that potentially pose danger. About two-thirds of the large asteroids have been identified. The next step was to move asteroids, and this initiative succeeded after almost a year of orbit. We're embarking on a new era of humankind, an era in which we potentially had the capability to protect ourselves from something like a dangerous, hazardous asteroid impact.
Lori Glaze, director of NASA's Planetary Science Division, said after the successful mission, there's no denying there's a long way to go before major threats can be nudged aside, but this is one time where the boatloads of space investment paid off for once. So let's not redirect our investment away from planetary defense, and we'll see how the deflection pays off. Thank you for listening, everyone. And there will be more next month on all that's up inside.